where's like the most scariest like worst place you've done comedy like is there anywhere where if you say someone's saying like i'm doing a show here are you coming would you be like uh i don't know lorgan i remember doing a gig one time with mickey and someone else and like there was a point where it was like this 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 like it's child like he's a child he's like 16 years old and he's pissed with his group of mates and he like like literally gets up on the stage and begins like selfie snapchat recording and i'm like what the fuck is going on here how's it going everybody welcome back to the here's the crack podcast episode 22 uh we have a guest on today uh, another guest Aaron mccann uh some of you may know him from the dirt civil podcast uh, and his comedy uh thank you very much for coming on Aaron. thanks for having me and Aaron is repping his dirt civil mug here's oh, yeah. the crack here's the crack mugs are pending as soon as i get them lads <laughs> we actually have three but uh thomas is was it your sister oh, i got my, my sister got us some for christmas though and yeah. uh, the tail of like a cup of tea tastes better out of certain mugs i will coffee i don't don't drink tea either. you don't drink tea at all no i don't like it it's just there's no taste off it no well, I, I don't like it either. It's yeah. not nice. Like. It's like a hug, isn't it? <laughs> I've never thought. <laughs> and then all, everyone getting so like hyped about a cup of tea. Like, oh, I'd love a cup of tea. And you're just like, I can't think of anything worse. So. <laughs> just dirty boiling the water. <laughs> <laughs> I think if I was to ever go into a shop, like a coffee shop, I don't think I'd ever get tea from a coffee shop. I'd always get coffee. But like if I was going to like someone's house and like they had that sort of like, do you know that old-fashioned, like, mum-type vibe off it where it's like, do you want a wee cup of tea? I'd be like, you know, you'd look like you would smash a cup of tea out of the park, like, so yes. That's, such, that's a such a specific scenario, like. Yeah. It's a, it's a, maybe it's a Balmina thing, I don't know. No, I get what you mean. I, I do get what you mean. And there's some mums you look at and you're like, I know you can't make a cup of tea for shit, so I'm going to refuse <laughs> <it>. <laughs> But, um, Right, we'll get right into it anyway. So the first thing I was kind of wanting to ask you, because I I, think I listened to a lot of the Dirt Civil stuff and no Shay has. Thomas has listened to a few episodes of them. How did you get into comedy? Like, I don't think I've ever heard this story, but like, how did you get into comedy? Like, was it something that you always were wanting to get into or was it something where you just kind of like fell into it? No, I think anyone that from a young age went, I want to be a comedian is mental. Um, I... If I ever watched comedy, I would just be like, oh, that's a thing that like really, really talented people do. And they just sort of, I, I, I don't I didn't even, I couldn't even comprehend how it was a thing. Um, but how I got into it was essentially a fella in my secondary school, shout out John Graham, uh, asked me if I wanted to host the secondary school formal awards. And I remember just kind of being like, why would I do it? Like I had no experience on stage or nothing like that. I'd never been on stage before. And he was just like, I just think it'd be something you'd be good at, but if you don't want to do it, that's fine. And I was like, no, nah, I think I'm going to give it a miss. And then I told my friends about it and they were like, you should, you should do that. Like we think you'd be good at it. So I was like, all right, I'll like, there has to be something here if he asked me and then they're saying I should do it. So I did it, did like a little slideshow of like fake awards like made jokes about the teachers, made jokes about other students and just like loved it. Like I remember even like first laugh being like, oh, what is that? You know, and uh, just kind of literally from that there was like, well, you know, this is something I really like. I like doing, but I'll never get the chance to repeat that feeling, you know. Yeah. Um, and then I went to see Geras live in Oma and he had like mickey and shane doing support and terry keys and i remember being like you know it's that standard northern irish mindset where you're going and you're like ah it's local so how good can it be and i was like this is amazing like this why do more people not know about this i was like this is better than the shit that's on tv and stand-up comedy um and then literally the next day we were in asda in oma me and my mate who went to the show the previous night and sure enough, there's Gaddis doing his shopping. <laughs> and I just, like, I just walked up to him and was like, hey, man, I was at the show last night, like really enjoyed it. 
and uh, I'm actually looking to get my foot in at the door with stand up as well. Um, like, do you have any advice, whatever? And he was just like, yeah, there's actually like a local comedy club in your town, Dailies. You should like give them a shout. Sure enough, I give them a shout, and the first gig I do is support for him. So, yeah, it was wild. Like, and what? When? When? When was this? Like, was this like twenty? Because like, everybody who knows like Colin Geddes is always like the whole time where like it was Barry the Blender, like, and I would say there's more times you were sort of like there's Barry the Blender, whereas like people like he was actually he's actually Colin Geddes, like, so I'd say a lot of people were like there's Barry. This was like peak by the blender times, oh. you know. So I actually think I called him by when I like walked up to him. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but like, you know, that was that was like God. I'm trying to think. I think next year I'm doing stand up ten years. So that was nine years ago. Holy shit! Yeah, it's stolen the best years of my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, what age? What age are you now? I am 26 now. Uh, so yeah, I started when I was seventeen. Right, that's young. That's young enough to be starting, is it? Like, would there Wait, be many young comedians? Would there be many young comedians now? You'd see at that age starting out, like, not like not as young as that. Like, there's definitely there's comedians now that are younger than me. So like, it's nice to not be the the young guy anymore. Um, but yeah, like I I totally get it. Like back then, I had all this frustration because I was like, fuck, like. Nobody's taking me seriously. Do you know what I mean? I'm not getting booked for shows and stuff like that. But now at the age of 26, I go, yeah, why the fuck would I want to hear what a 17-year-old has to say about anything to do with life? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Off reverse perspective. But yeah, I think I think um it's 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 just it's just fun, man. Do you know what I mean? Whatever age you start at, you're gonna come into obstacles, whatever, and there is no like magic age to start. Um, you just do it because you like doing it and time passes and you end up just realigning what your goals are and what you want to get out of it and yeah it's great other, other than uh, 17 being too early have you any other advice for someone who's like trying to start out in comedy or just, just do it and, and do it because you like it you know like just pay attention to like a like guy have a nephew at the minute and he wants to be a twitch streamer right. and that's such a foreign concept to his parents obviously because they're like what the fuck even is twitch but i'm like i'm I'm trying to explain to my brother i'm like dude if he gets if he gets really good at this and puts his energy into being really good at twitch he can make more than you're making right now you know what i mean so i i just think it's like pay pay attention to your inclinations what do you like doing and then find out how to monetize the things you like doing I think it is that sort of old school train of thought where it's like you hear like you hear like your like parents or something coming home being like, oh, your your doll at work was saying that her wee boy's on playing Fortnite and streaming and talking to all these men and all online and you're just like, it's not. I don't think it's as bad as what you're letting it on to be. Like that's why I have to yeah. say like mom and dad sometimes like because like mom and dad would come home and be like, oh like there's a there's a fella I know and he says his son's on like playing Fortnite and talking to all these all these fellas and all. I'm like right, well the talking to fellas part, yeah, I would tune into that. Like that that's a that may be a, a situation there, but like for like streaming and stuff, like I think it's just a case of doing it, like and seeing where it goes if you enjoy it. Yeah. Absolutely. And like the the perspective, I feel like is switching uh, in terms of, I think that for years and years and years, people would be embarrassed to be from here and put out anything. Like it was almost like, you know, if you had a fucking YouTube channel, you would keep that stuff under like lock. But now, like I, I know tons of people who aren't involved in anything entertainment wise and they have like their own blog they have their own youtube channel they make tiktok videos and like as they should like why as a yeah. why as a collective do we like mock people who like try and put shit out there and a lot of it is just people that you know have just for some reason listened to the voice in their head that tells them not to do shit and then get annoyed when they see other people doing it so it's like fuck them I mean, do do what you want to do you know what i mean uh, we we talk about that all the time, like the North, whole Northern Irish like sort of view on things. Like you look at even like people like Adam B now, like, who's like a Blue Peter presenter and he's like massive on YouTube. Like. 
But he, he says himself like he was getting bullied in high school for doing YouTube and now he's banning his parents' houses on. You're just like... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Meanwhile, all the people that are bullying him are probably fucking cleaning up boke in a nightclub toilet. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you, you can't, you can't, you can't like pay attention to what anyone else is thinking if you're going down that avenue, which is something that I struggled with originally, you know, because the world of like putting stuff out online and it like, you know, so many like people seeing it and the internet is just like one big room. So like on one side of the room, you're going to have people that really like your stuff and they're like, this is great. Make more stuff. I really like how you do this and that. And then the other side, you'll have people that go, you suck. You should fucking, I hate you, everything about you, you know? And it's just like, you can't take either side of the room seriously. You just have to stay in the middle and keep doing your thing. Was there ever a time on like, is there ever a time on like Dirt Civil or anything like you've got like a common that's really been like that hit that hit right in the feels like? Oh, dude, all the time. Not not really Dirt Civil. I, I feel like people, I feel like people know what it is. Do you know what I mean? We're not like trying to be anything. It's just literally a case of me and my friend. Uh, like we wanted to both do a podcast, and we both knew we could help each other out. You know what I mean? So. We're do- and the ultimate thing in a podcast, I think, is chemistry and rapport. You know what I mean? And you're not going to have it better with anyone than someone that you went to school with and have been friends with since. It takes a certain level of friendship to just last through all that. So, like, like what are you going to say? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I have had things definitely on, like, online videos and stuff where, like, if a video is shared enough, it's no longer in your audience. It's no longer in... NI comedy fans audience it's just a way on to like the darker sector of the internet yeah but at the same time it's like you know um i used to let that stuff really weigh on me pretty badly and i think i'm getting better this last while at just being like it's irrelevant like getting mad at a screen and letting it uh, dictate like where you are emotionally is is so dumb you know yeah so when, when like when you're whenever you start it sort of because like from the story you were saying there, it just kind of seemed like this sort of switch flicked, and you were like, "Let's just do, let's just give this a go." Like, forget, let's let's just go. So like, what was that like? Like, you know, obviously you approached Colin Gaddis, like, and then you went and you done your first gig. Did you like have any goals at that time set where you're like, right here, this is what I'm gonna do, this is what I want to achieve, or like, did you give yourself a time frame? You're like, if this doesn't work, I'm gonna scrap it. Because obviously you probably have pressure to go down different avenues that you're probably people who are like no don't do that that's um yeah i, I think i was one of those like <laughs> and still to this day you know like um back then uh i was i was like watching a lot of gary v and stuff <laughs> and just like like my favorite my favorite artist of all time is tyler the creator and when i was in secondary school there was a lot of interviews he was doing where he was talking about his blueprint to where he got to where he is and there was just something that like clicked with me to what he was saying and I remember like two gigs deep writing down like five goals and I was like these are the five things I want to do in comedy and like I've done four of them and I'm and I'm like I actually have to like make new things now that I want to do and I like think back to 16 year old me who would be so over the moon to get to do any of these things and it's kind of like keeping that perspective as well to be like, you know, don't take anything for granted or like don't like auto coast through any of it, you know, enjoy everything and like take everything in and just like nowadays though, I don't really, I don't really, you know, get too goal centric or anything because I think if you set goals, there's a danger in that if you don't accomplish them, then you kind of feel, you know, d- down about it. And then if you do accomplish them, then it's like, all right, well, what's my narrative now? Do you know what I mean? What am I focusing on now? So I just think the thing is just want to keep getting better at it, you know? Mm-hmm. What What were the goals at the time that you've now accomplished four of? Have Tyler, the creator, in the audience at a stand-up show. <laughs> uh, do the Ulster Hall. Uh what was do the Edinburgh Fringe solo run? Um, oh god damn! What was the what was the fourth one? Um, oh, do a tour. 
And then the last one is uh, have a Netflix special. That's mad. That's mad. All of them, like, what was it like? The whole like Tyler the Creator thing. Did you actually get chatting them or? Yeah, it was it was crazy. It was like I I met him at a concert. Uh, I met him at a concert in London, and like spoke very briefly to him. And before this, I had communicated on this website called Forum Spring with him. So it was like this website where I, it essentially got taken down because people just utilized it for cyberbullying. But basically, you could anonymous, uh, anonymously ask questions to people. So, or you could like show your identity as well. So I would always just like say to him, like, uh, one of my goals is to have you like see me at a gig. I love your music. Thank you so much for everything you do. And then one day he like saw it and was like, when you have something in LA, tell me, maybe I'll show up, who knows? So, you know, I, I meet him at London and I remind him that I'm the guy that said that. And he's like, yeah, you should come out to, you know, Camp Flogna, this music festival that we do every year in L.A. And I remember I came straight home and I was like, I have to go to this music festival. And my mom was like, where the fuck are you going to get the money out of to go to L.A.? And I immediately went to Bank of Ireland. That was who was my bank at the time. And I was second year in uni, I want to say. And I went in and I said, I need a 1500 pound overdraft. And they were like, what do you need that for? And I was like, oh, you know, I want to buy a MacBook for my studies. And they're like, we can't give you 1,500 pounds just outright like that. And I was like, all right. And then I left and I immediately went to Danske Bank and said, if I was to leave Bank of Ireland, hypothetically, could you guys give me 1,500 pounds overdraft? And they're like, absolutely. We can give you free grand. And I was like, happy days. fucking <laughs> hang. Take out the money and then immediately went to travel agents across the road in Oman. Uh, Thompson's and just immediately booked the flights and went out there and like saw him at the festival and then the Monday came and he just like showed up it's fucking insane like even telling the story now that's mental crazy for all of that just to like perfectly fit in the place as well but yeah and it's like that's why too like anytime like you know you don't know what small gestures can do for people so like for that for me just like install self-confidence in me for the rest of the time like if i'm like if i can do that then nothing nothing seems crazier than that to me so let me just go full throttle everything else i want to do um and yeah that's why it's always like you know treat people well you know because you don't know what how they could perceive something that you think is quite small do you know what i mean yeah, You're I thought we lost. I thought we lost Thomas there. <laughs> Just black there. Yeah, I was like, "What are you fucking playing on the table?" But like, I've like a ring light, and it's like plugged into my PlayStation. On my PlayStation, just went into sleep mode. <laughs> <laughs> we were we like two days. Was this like last week? We were doing a podcast with Dave Elliott, and. uh he was telling some story. I forget what it was, and then he basically just was like, he said something about transgender. And Thomas just immediately just disappeared. And Dave was like, did he leave? Because I said something about transgender people. <laughs> I was like, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's hard enough of them, though. That's so funny, dude. Um, um, what about, you met Dave Chappelle as well, is that right? Yeah, yeah at, the, at the comedy store. That was, that was insane. Nobody from Tyrone should have been in the room that I was in that night. Because there was Leonardo DiCaprio, Dave Chappelle, John Mayer. And like, I like told the story in the podcast where I like seen Leonardo across the room. And I was like, I got to go pretend to take a piss here just so I can like get near him and like smell him. Or like, (laughs) like, you you cannot, you cannot be in the same room as Leonardo DiCaprio and not utilize one of the senses to get a kind of, do you know what I mean? I was like, I have to know what this guy smells like. <laughs> what did he smell like? It was it was disappointing, you know. They say never meet your heroes. It was just it was very like it was bland. Like my ma's Lenore smells better than Leonardo. <laughs> it was just like Lynx Africa or something, was it? <laughs> he was Lenore? just ho- he was just hoaching a joke. Like he's just like <laughs> But like were you, were you chatting to like the likes of them? Like or were you just oh, sort of 
Oh no, 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 dude. They were all like, they were all like sitting in their own areas and all. But like Dave himself was like, again, I, I would say Tyler the Creator, Dave Chappelle. Beyond that, it's like whatever. Uh, Dave Chappelle is like, again, just such a nice human being, and I'm just like crazy that i got to have that interaction with pretty much but he's my favorite comedian of all time so he he's a proper like comedy legend like oh yeah he's like in terms of like a mount rushmore he's definitely like the leading face on there i would say every special is a banger like he's just if he does material on a topic nobody else wants to touch it he's just great i think and would he be one of your biggest inspirations as a comedian or would you it's funny because like to use the term inspiration would mean that i even like could try and mimic him you know i I don't think i think his style currently is just something that comes with like years of doing the one thing and getting really really good at it it's like uh dave Chappelle is like have any of you guys seen that documentary uh gyro dreams of sushi no 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 Unreal. Like, if you have a hangover, it's the most relaxing documentary I've ever watched. It's this guy who's, like, must be in his, like, 70s or 80s, and he's just spent his whole life perfecting making sushi and just talking about how much he loves doing it to this day. And I'm just like, that is what that is what everyone needs right there. That's how everyone should feel about their job. This guy's, like, beaming. You know what I mean? And that's Chappelle's like that with stand up. He's just been doing stand up forever and like loves doing it. Um, so yeah. The you went out so you went out to LA for the whole Tyler the Creator thing. Like, but you actually went out to LA to like to stay for a good while, didn't you? Yeah, I, How I long? Went for a year. So I wanted a year visa. And what what was that for? Just for comment, like to do comedy, like to do like what did you do out there? Well, officially, it was to be uh, a really good copywriter in advertising. But yeah, I totally just went out for stand-up. Had, like, you, had you any like interesting gigs whenever you were out there that sort of stood out for you? Or, uh, there, there's one, I think you can actually see the video on my on my Instagram where it's like, the I went to, the, I, I headlined this like open mic. And at the time I was like, oh shit, I'm headlining gigs out there. This is it. Like next stop's Fallon essentially. And it was in like this complete dive of a bar. And there was like 30 people doing three minute sets each. And I had to do 20 at the end. But the, <laughs> the audience, right, was essentially just this like, there was like five people there that weren't comedians. And then there was like a huge like row of tables that was at the very front. And they were all there to see this one girl. So it was obviously like a friend or a family member was like first couple of gigs in and you know they had all the support going it's nice right but then i got on stage and they all immediately left <laughs> like they're just like walking by me and they're apologizing for leaving and stuff like that and i'm like no that's good i just gotta do 20 minutes now to fucking nobody but don't worry about it. um but yeah just a bunch of weird la is a weird place like weird place love it but a very weird place is there any like mad stories like because like, we had interviewed two degrees music and they done like a tour of like they were in new york and all and they just said like america is a completely different ball game like from over here like. oh definitely it's like my well my my living experience was very weird in that i lived with 39 other people in this house and it was just the it, it, it was it was great but in equal measures i'm like I might be a psychopath for choosing to do that and then doing that. Yeah. 39 other people. Uh, what, yeah. way, what way did that work with like sleeping arrangements and stuff? Was there a th- it wasn't a 39 room house, was it? So no, no. <laughs> it was like, it was like uh, pods. So like Japanese right. businessman style, like literally like a cup, like you're sleeping in a, in a cupboard. And uh, like, like totally drift. <laughs> Dude, it was it was crazy and like there was a mirror on one of the walls so like you're in this you're in this like square like rectangle wooden rectangle and there's like a wall here wall here closet in the back and like on this side there was like a mirror and every morning you would just like wake up and like have to look at yourself how but long like, did you stay on that for i was there the whole year 
originally i was there and i was like i'm gonna stay here like a month and then i'm gonna find other people that like want to get out of here and we'll go live somewhere like pretty cheap but i just like i just loved it it literally felt like being in some sort of weird reality tv show and you get like emotionally invested in these people. There was like I made some friends. <laughs> Big right? brother. It's dude, it was crazy. It was crazy, but like um just so much drama too, like in the place, you know, like yeah. a new person would come in and there would be like uh relationships forming oh. the house and in the house and insane, absolutely insane. Um I, I even like had a girlfriend in there as well, and then like that ended as well, like pretty badly. And I was like, <laughs> this is like after the year you come out of that, like just overstimulated environment. And you're like, what the frig even happened that whole year? How, how does that how does that sort of work with like getting a girlfriend in there? Like is the next stage like do you just move into the same pod together or like you just <laughs> knock that, knock a wall was, through and make one big pod or that was part of the thing. <laughs> like, you know, the joke was like your pod or mine, and I'm like, Well, both options stop. <laughs> You know, yeah. and also, you know, I don't know if visually you can tell too much, but I'm a I'm a big unit like so <laughs> me trying to maneuver any sort of sexual activity in a pod <laughs> is not good for anybody. It was tight. Two peas in the pod. <laughs> yeah, and the pod was tight too. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> I, I <want> to say, <laughs> Dude, how old are you guys? 21, 21. 23. Oh, 23. Fuck. Okay, right, 16. <laughs> Chris Hampton walks out of a cup of <laughs> <laughs> Why you take a seat over there, huh? You said to three 16-year-old boys. <laughs> <laughs> like, On that. Go on ahead, Thomas. Oh, how how like how do you feel your comedy like sort of translates over in like America compared to like the likes of Northern Ireland and all? Like, is it sort of harder or is it just sort of the same jokes just work? Or the initial worry is just like that no one will understand you, um. But that like gets curbed so quickly. Like, you know, I I don't think my stand up in general is like crazy colloquial. Or I think it used to be, and I made a conscious decision to be like, this isn't the kind of stuff that I want to make. Um, so I kind of shifted that, and I found that because of that, when I was in America, all I really had to do was slow down. You just you, you talk at a rate to where it feels condescending, but honestly, to them, they're like, this is the exact speed we need you to talk at. There, there was a video I seen it, called, it. I think you post it from time to time. It goes around where you're like interviewing American people. But like the last one I seen was you saying to this girl, like, any Vita bread? And she was like, what? Any Vita bread? I don't know. Like, what What was that all about? Like, were you just going up to random people and going here? Well, how that came about was, again, in this house, like, if you were following me on Instagram that year, in the house every day, I was like, videoing my friends and like videoing the scenario because I'm like this is I wish I had a vlog back then I wish I didn't have such crippling imposter syndrome back then and just started my own YouTube channel because it would have been mental Damn but man. I remember one day I just recording my friend Josh and like his reaction to me saying something I think it was like she's low or something like that and he's like what does that mean like what is low and I, and like I just I put up my Instagram story and I had like you know you get like the odd reactor or whatever to your story but this one got like you know like 50 people DMing me being like this is so fine and yeah. I'm like maybe there's something there like and you forget how colloquial we are and how we do have our own language at the end of the day and then you see it being told to like Americans and just them trying to like flip the cogs and figure out what you're talking about is still so funny to me I seen some of those other videos going about in TikTok, and it was like um, some guy on some English guy was on to like two Americans on you know Omegle. Yes, he's on, he's on Omegle to them, and he's like, oh, over here in England, we we say instead of sleep, we say shag. So oh, <laughs> the two girls, the two girls are just like, oh, so the, so like last night I only like shag for ten hours, and the other <laughs> girl's like, I just shag for four hours. <laughs> But yeah, as, as you're saying, like it's okay. Like, I'm sure you could get some good comedy off that sort of. Who is like, looking at a ten-year shift, by the way? 
How's much to be had? Um, like, one, no, I'm gonna have, no, you're gonna have, <laughs> This is the thing with Zoom, home, everybody always talks over each other. Home. Like, it's fine. Um, no, when we had Tim on, he was sort of saying that these were planning on moving to London. Mm-hmm. Um, like, are you sort of like trying to like go, like, are you looking to do more comedy over there? Like, or like, what do you do comedy over there? Uh, basically, I like from a video I did. Uh, I got the attention of a comedian over there and he was just like you should come out here and like do like the main clubs out here and I was just like alright like that sounds amazing so took the opportunity went out there and got to work with a club called Top Secret and I'd say like they're one of solidly positioned as like one of the top comedy clubs in London and uh, just like was so again just like nervous just being like ah this won't translate like whatever but ended up having just a ball of a time and i just kind of was like in my head like okay next year's 10 years is it does it make sense to try and maybe go somewhere else and take a swing at you know the likes of london or somewhere like that and then just right around the same time tim was like yeah i'm like looking to go somewhere as well and kind of we just both were like why don't we just go out together and see what happens and granted like july things will probably still not be exactly back to normal not to be too much of a downer but i think um even to be out there it's just to have the new stimuli of being like all right i'm not in my house that i've been in for the past year and i'm not meeting the same people like i'm just like getting out and about in some regard you know what i mean so yeah i'm looking forward to it Will you miss the whole interaction? Because like, obviously it's clear like from following you and stuff like you and Tim are obviously have your Dirt Civil like podcast and your friendship and stuff. But then there's obviously that dynamic between like you and the other like comedy guys in Northern Ireland, like Mickey and Colin Geddes and all. Like, will will you miss that element of it? Like, Oh yeah. Like I, I think whenever you move away in general, there's a bunch of things like there's pros and cons to everything. And I think moving away, there's definitely an aspect where you're like, you know, you'll miss some of your friends or you'll miss that. But I mean, London's a 40 minute trip on trip. a plane. So I'm just like, it'll be, it'll be grand. Do you, do you think that the like Northern Ireland comedy scene, like it seems to be like in the past few years that I've been kind of like keeping an eye on it, it seems to just be keeping like rising. Do you feel like there's, it's going places that maybe a lot of people don't like see, if you know what I mean? Like, cause obviously there was a bad big emphasis on, Colin Geddes selling out like the Odyssey for them two nights like that was mad and do you think do you think like that's like where's the limit for NI comedy like do you think it's just going to keep growing or is there only so far it's going to get Geddes Geddes showed that like not just to anybody in Northern Ireland but anybody in general that you can get to that level completely gorilla DIY you don't need any you don't need to kiss anybody's ass you don't need to be in with a certain company or a certain agent or anything like that. You can just go ahead and do it yourself on your own terms. And I think that, you know, Northern Ireland comedy scene is 100% the most overlooked comedy scene. Uh, Not locally because the people here are amazing and they support it. And there's like clubs that are filled, obviously pre-COVID every week. Um, But like, I think on a larger scale, like the English and Scottish comedy scenes are so well celebrated and you know there's so much there in terms of like media opportunities for a lot of people out there um and i feel like we kind of get overlooked and i feel like we sort of are everyone here is like working in the dark but because of that like you take a you take a comedian like mickey bartlett who is undoubtedly the funniest man on this island and you put him on a lineup in london with like five acts who are all established and put mickey on last he will fuck them blow it out of the water so i think that it's not necessarily a bad thing um that we've been here and just like working away um so that whenever you do go to maybe a larger scale if that's what you want to do in terms of you know the likes of your london's or um australia or america whatever you want essentially that you you really grit your teeth in somewhere that is has a great scene Northern Ireland is a great scene yeah 
when we had Dave Elliott on, he sort of said something he was saying about like it can be hard to get gigs down south, the south of Ireland, and sometimes in England and all. And there's so, like he said, thinks there's some sort of like stigma with Northern Irish comedians sometimes. Like, what, do you think the same, or what's your opinion on that one? Um, yeah, I, I think I think so. Um, you know, the classic one is like you down south, and every MC down south has a this next line up on the bill we have here. He's a Nordy, so he's came all the way down here. And you're like, Why is that? Why is that you're going relevant? To? Like yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's only it's like it's setting you up for like you know, but uh, again, it's just like uh, there's acts that travel down and there's acts that like travel up here, and I think that I have friends in the down south comedy scene, and I've I've been lucky to do a couple of gigs down there and stuff. But yeah, I think definitely, especially for someone who's maybe starting out in stand up 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 here. Uh, down south can seem kind of daunting or you know kind of like territory that nobody's really treading um yeah i, I would agree with dave on that one i think where where is the worst where's like the most scariest like worst place you've done comedy like is there anywhere where if you say someone was saying like i'm doing a show here are you coming would you be like uh i don't know lurgan lurgan <laughs> <laughs> That answer ready. <laughs> Which is like it's such a it's such a hack joke, but like yeah, the worst like the worst gigs that I've had in my life were in Lurgan. I remember doing a gig one time with Mickey and someone else, and like there was a point where it was like this 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 like it's child, like he's a child, he's like 16 years old, and he's pissed with his group of mates, and he like like literally gets up on the stage and begins like selfie Snapchat recording. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> oh. It's like a kid's birthday party. <laughs> yeah, it was, I was, I'm a, essentially might as well have been in McDonald's dressed in wrong McDonald's makeup. Like I was like, what is the <laughs> right now? How do you deal with something like that? Because I was, we went to Colin Geddes' uh, gig in Balmina in the Breed. And then you were on before him. And I know there was a guy had said something to you and like you just kind of like sat down and just ripped into him. Like, is there, do you prepare for that type of stuff or is it just something that you've done for so long now where you're just like, if someone yells, you're just like, my next victim? No, not I'm about to tear you a new one. Like, I think, I don't know. I think them videos are, I don't think it's, I don't think it's the move, you know, to like, there's a couple of comics that'll have up videos where it's like, comedian destroys heckler yeah. and it's like all they did was tell him to fuck up and i'm like is that really like character assassination but um no i think it, it's all part of the show like uh you know there's if you're in a certain mood or whatever uh and you can like you can roll the punches of being heckled i think it's i think it's hilarious you know some of the, some of my favorite moments on stage have came from people heckling or like shouting something out you know um the only the only time it becomes an issue is when someone hackles and then you interact with them and then they keep doing it and you're like, all right, you essentially just hijacked the show now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. What would be like the worst case that you've had with like a hackler? Have you ever had someone pure ruin a show for you? Like, uh, not real. No, not really. Like nothing like crazy horrible where I like get. Vietnam flashbacks to it. Nothing crazy. Or crying and lay down on stage, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like gun-wrenching feeling when you're lying in bed you're just like, takes you back to that moment where the guy destroyed you and you're just sitting there going, no, never again. Yeah, I, I think about embarrassing moments all the time, but like never, nothing to do with like stage that I can think of off top. Maybe maybe I can recollect something, but yeah, I can't think of but like besides like even anybody like shouting or yelling at him, has there ever been a time where you've got on stage and like say you've like prepared something you've just got on and you've been like shit I forgot what I'm gonna say or like just like flaw has there ever been a time where you've like said a joke and maybe no one's reacted and you're just like oh, oh yeah this is- tons like it, it's it's all part of it because like you know your job is essentially you know you walk around your house all day and you're like this is a this is a funny thought I've had. And then you go on stage and you say it and people either go, it's a pretty funny thought or they go, what the fuck are you talking about? Uh, 
you know, oh. so it's all a part of it. And uh, another thing, we'll maybe wrap it up here. We've got a few questions for you that some people have asked on Instagram, but we'll maybe wrap up. I meant to say to you at the start, Maya Jama. Maya Jama. What's the story there? Uh, well, you know, uh, if she's watching, here's the crack podcast. <laughs> uh, Maya, you're welcome any time for a cowboy supper in any district of Tyrone. <laughs> Would you not travel here's further than Tyrone for? Huh? Would you not travel further than Tyrone for? I Maya Jama? I, <laughs> I, let me tell you what I do right now. You bite the dunce bank. Give up my dreams and ambitions. I would leave my family. I would never speak to my mother again. I would cut her off. I'd go pretend <laughs> I didn't know who the woman was. And I would never speak to my friends or family again. Uh, I would just, yeah, I would just dip. She's the type of woman that would have that control over me. <laughs> <laughs> One time my friend Brian was like talking about this girl at like a he was at like some weird event and he said, and I was like, this is so true. He said, she was wreck your life. Gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I've, I've, I've met a few of those people. Absolutely. But like, what, what made that all come about? Cause like, I see the Twitter, like you're obviously doing that Amazon prime thing, but like, was that intentional where you're like, I'm going to get her attention here. Or was it just like, did you no, just wait? Not at all. Not at all. I was like, the video itself was sort of just like leading up to the ice water thing. But I was like, what's another like self-improvement thing I can like make a dig at here. And the journaling thing was something I came across before. Cause uh, you know, people will do that thing where they're like three things I'm grateful for every single day. And I don't know, during a pandemic, there's not a lot of choice to be honest. Like I find a decent website to stream us love Island the other day. Pretty grateful for that. But like, there's not a lot. Uh, so I just was like, let me take, let me do something stupid with it. So I was like, Amazon Prime, because that's who the algorithm was for. That's the marketing degree coming into use there. And then uh, Maya Jama, because she's just like the the thing at the minute, isn't she? In terms of like, you know, um, she's like the closest thing I think we have to like, you know, like a Kim Kardashian type level of like, just everyone knows who she yeah. is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then. Uh, cowboy suppers and then someone like a couple people like tagged her like under the video and then she just must have been on at like the exact right moment to see it do you think do you think it was the topless bathing in the ice cold lake that got her i i dude there's nothing quite like a dad bod in a you know minus you know temperatures in a lake screaming for his own life was that like, did you purposely be like, for this video, I'm going to dunk myself in here? Or was it just. Yeah, because that, that place is called Gorch and Lakes. And like the local paper did a story on it about all these like wine mummies who go down to it every morning and are like, this here, honest to God, a couple of minutes in here and just mental health through the roof. And I'm like, if that's what you need <laughs> what? You to do that every day. To be a person, I don't know. What's what's a wine mummy? Just like like a you know like a, a woman that'll share like a meme like on Karen. Facebook, and totally. there's like a minion there, and uh, it's like doctor said I can only have one glass of wine, and then it's <laughs> like glass of wine. Yeah, and then all her mates on her it be like, "Oh, Sharon, what do you like?" Dude, I cannot wait to get to that age. That that's so true. That's so true the, as well. The most minuscule memes are hilarious. <laughs> I you cannot know, wait for that. You know what my mum does? It's a classic mum thing on Facebook. Like, you know the way under a meme you like tag your mates in the comments? Yeah. She shares the meme and then like tags me as like a post. So like she shares it and it's just my name. <laughs> <laughs> and then the post under it like... And I Dude, thought I the mean, there, like that's that's not that, what what's meant to happen here. Like, I, I mean one time my ma like she she like <laughs> she shared a post for like a missing dog, but the dog was in like Chicago in America. <laughs> and I was like, you 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 have 47 friends on Facebook, six of them are dead, like we've under their wakes. Like, 
if they find the dog to your share, then they need to kill the thing because it clearly understands teleportation or something. <laughs> just you should just get some asses. Thanks, Mr. McCann. We got him. <laughs> if it wasn't for you, like. yeah, we find him in a Dorothy Perkins car park in Oma. <laughs> we we need to like monitor my mom. On my mom doesn't have Facebook and she doesn't have Instagram. Thank God, but she has like You're Snapchat. She has Snapchat to like keep in touch with my sister and stuff. And she likes to receive like pictures of my like we nephew and all. And then she has WhatsApp as well. But like mom got really into the whole short form of texting like you know whenever you're texting and then it's like instead of writing be she'll write b and then for everybody's name like for like me she'll write r but then there was a time where the whole lol thing was going around and uh she came up to me and she was like i don't understand where i've went wrong here but it was a girl that she knew and her husband was like moving wanting to move like america or something and she like her his wife wasn't like my mom's friend wasn't wanting to move and she was like messaging my mom like completing on her like unconsolably like we're moving to america i don't want to leave my friends and family and mom was just like you'll do really well out there uh, wishing you all the best in your american trip lol and she meant to say like lots of love but then the girl thought she was just like lol <laughs> Have fun in America, you chum. <laughs> Mom was like, I don't understand where I went wrong here. And I was reading it going, you idiot. No, that's not what LOL means. And she's, nah, just didn't that's, understand. That's, that's hilarious. Yeah. That's genuine, like, wholesome mom yeah, stuff. Mom <laughs> yeah. But um, there was a few questions that a few people asked here. One, one, one good one was, have you and Tim ever had a fallen out nothing like nothing like serious you know like the odd time we'll like slag each other but like catch each other on a bad day yeah you know? like because everything's like placed through like your emotional filter in that exact time space so like there's days where he could like be like all right big head and i'll be like ah you fucking christian fucker whatever <laughs> and then like someday he'll just hit me with the all right big head and i'm like i'll kill you in your sleep tim <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but never, never to where it's like, like we have a weird not talking phase or something. I don't think I could fall out with him. I feel like he's the type of guy that if I ever got like seriously angry, we would just like, I would laugh because I'd be like, this is preposterous that we're falling out. Yeah. I'm also a guy that hates confrontation as well. So, like, if anything even like slightly gets to that stage, I'm like, oh, I'll just like, you know, we'll just like laugh it off somewhere. So there was another one. Any paranormal experiences you've had? Uh, so many you have to think. No, I'm trying to I'm trying to think if there's even like one that has like a slight essence of paranormal, but no, never. Do you believe in all that paranormal stuff, La? Uh, I, I don't disbelieve it enough to not be all right with someone using a Ouija board in my house. But at the same time, uh, you know, when people talk about their ghost stories and all this here, uh, sometimes I'm like, mm, I don't know if I buy it from uh, your particular source. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, okay. Um. Few people were just asking Gorton Glenn Lake's cold, which obviously you just said. Yes, they are. Um this furnace thing that you're talking about. Explain what this is. Furnace is a thing from my good friend Peter Schrapka, who is a self-improvement, like this guy just like all the time is thinking, how can I better myself in some way which to someone like me sounds exhausting i'm just like i'm all right with uh <laughs> you know the wings are right now but he's just constantly like looking for ways to you know he like pick up new things all the time or like um he recently got this thing which i thought was a bit much which is he's really into his diet and fitness and he's doing a, a beta, beta testing for this company to where they put a chip in his arm and uh, the chip measures his uh, blood sugar levels and it shows what way his blood sugars react to certain foods he eats. And it's all on an app and all as well. And I'm like, you might be in a cult, you know? 
Um, but uh, he essentially told me about this thing where it was like he was at like some fitness summit, and these guys were talking about how uh, they had clients who lost a ton of weight uh, just by doing like three really simple things, which was light exercise every single morning to start off with. When they came back from that, they had a cold shower and then they did uh, intermittent fasting. So they picked like an eight hour window to eat. And yeah, I just like, one. I've tried like dieting and stuff before and I just never like stick with it. But because I like made a bit of a gimmick out of this thing, like calling it the furnace and whatever, stuff like that works for me, weirdly. Yeah. Where like, I just feel like, all right, I've got this like wee thing going here now. So I just keep doing it because... I hate the idea of like not doing it and then everyone being like, you were full of shit talking about that. But yeah. that's really it, yeah. So like, do you do it? Do you stick to it? How long every, have you been doing I've it for? I've been doing it every single day. So you get up and you do a light walk or like a, like what is light exercise? Is that just walking or is it? Well, you can do like, I think the options were like yoga, something else. And I was like, can you walk? And he was like, yeah, 40 minutes. That's grand. And uh, so I literally just get up every morning put on like a podcast or um just like a playlist and i'll just go for 20 minutes up the road 20 minutes back down the road and then cold shower and then i eat between half 12 and half eight a cold shower it's disgusting <laughs> it never like it never gets better like I was like, oh, after two weeks, this will be like second nature. Yeah, that's it's what I was about to Does it get to the stage where you're just like, oh, it's not that bad? No, never. Every day I'm like screaming. Every day I like look at. <laughs> I set my timer for five minutes and ten seconds, and for the ten seconds, I just like look at it and be like, "This is going to be terrible." <laughs> you, and- could, you could have a hot shower, like. I could, but that wouldn't be the furnace then. But like, has has it worked? Has it worked? Like, I'm not saying you don't like look. look you don't look like it's worked, but like, I. It's alright, mate. Don't worry. You go. does, which I think is so funny because it's it's adorable. Where it's like you'll say something that could be interpreted the wrong way. I'm not saying that you're a fat bastard. I'm just saying, like you know, if you, you know, I mean, that's a Protestant uh, thing, maybe. <laughs> yeah, that's a Protestant <laughs> thing. As soon as soon as it ends, the first thing Ross is gonna say is like, oh, "I think he's talked that thick." No, 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 no. Listen, don't, Ross, do not do that because I overthink as well. So I share your pain here. Lad, right? I'm not joking. We done. A podcast and we mentioned Stephen Nolan right I never I from the day I die I will take this to my grave la. we done a podcast and we talked about Stephen Nolan right a few things were said I'm not going to mention them because I have a feeling like the green lights on on my computer like I know he's watching <laughs> but said a few things about Nolan a few TikToks were made a few TikToks were posted a few TikToks got over 100k views right nice. Su- nice. success for here's the crack Success for Ross is mental health. No. <laughs> I shit you not, for the next while, I seen Stephen Nolan everywhere I went. I genuinely Bonnie. thought this this guy is going to come after us. Like, <laughs> someone, and then, this, this isn't even the best bit, right? About three weeks after this all happened, right? My nerves had calmed down. The whole thing had like, we'd, we'd peaked. We'd went over the bridge. Ross was fine. Ross was ready to get back into the podcasting again. And Thomas is like, there's nothing to worry about. I said, like, no bother. The next minute, bang, up on Twitter, Stephen Nolan puts up something. Someone posted our clip in response to him. And I was like, here it goes again. I had Vietnam flashbacks all over again. <laughs> it's just one of them things where like, I overthink everything, man. Oh, dude, I, I do it all the time. Like, literally, I'll, I'll like, have a conversation with someone at, like, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And then, like, midnight in my bed, I'm like, but they, they probably interpret it this way, and I'm a terrible person, and everyone hates me. And I'm just like, whoa, 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 let's not go down that tunnel for the night. <laughs> thing. Yeah, that it's, was... a good, it's a good thing, Ross. You Is know, it, though? You're an empathetic man. 
you're thinking of how things could be interpreted from your own actions, which is a healthy for a man in 2021. <laughs> but getting back to your question, but getting back to my question, like, do you feel the furnace has worked for you? Uh, you definitely, you definitely look far better. I, I've lost a stone in five pounds, uh, so I'm just like, which is which is hilarious to me because I have made so much fun of the concept of the furnace and like kept repeating the furnace and people are like leaving comments down on my Instagram being like the furnace lad and I'm just like yeah but it probably doesn't work and then to see the weight like coming off I'm like oh shit this is actually something that I actually kind of like doing and seems to be working for me so, is, it, is it that them three things or are you doing something alongside them three things well I mean calorie de- deficit within the eight hour window so like I don't go over like what is it 2000 calories uh any day at all and i'm usually like well below that uh which tim has said could be questionable in some in some in some way um but it's dude it's in terms of like finding what's right for you in terms of diet for some reason i think this is what's right for me and what's the goal then for are you gonna get to a certain way are you gonna get like do you hope to be like able to like bench tim or something or just to like get to the stage I was at before I went to uni and like drank for four years and just like, you know, yeah, I just want to like, I just want to put on like a shirt and not have to do the fat man technique where you put like a black t-shirt underneath it and leave it open. I just want to wear the shirt now, you know, that's my only goal. Someone had asked as well, and they were very persistent that we asked this is, um, yeah. it's very weirdly put. On a scale of Gandhi's Birkenstock to a mermaid's flannel, <laughs> how moist did your digits get in LA? How moist did my digits get? Yeah. <laughs> I don't really know what digits or I've messaged. It was that, it caught my eye that much. I messaged the guy and was like, I definitely am asking this. And Are he replied. Charles Manson? Uh, <laughs> I get him up here. How do you get moist digits on? Joe McLean. He how I, wet did you- <laughs> I said, how wet did your digits get? But the, but the, most, the most embarrassing thing out of that whole thing was like, he, he had said like on a scale of Gandhi's Birkenstock, I had to like Google what Birkenstocks were because I said, I need to make sure this isn't like racist in any way or else this is going to be me for three weeks. Are you over this again, Ross? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But I messaged him and I said, definitely, I'm going to ask this. And he said, the man must have been drowning in flange. (laughs) (laughs) I love that guy. So, Um, there you go. No, I was not not drowning by any means. Um, I was very much in the shallow end where I was talking about my swimming abilities. Uh, I I, I basically went out there and, like, I think I, I just, like, and a few like nights out and stuff like i'm not really a mad one night stand guy you know but old school in that regard love a bit of monogamy and uh <laughs> got myself a girlfriend and uh yeah we had really awkward pod sex and uh yeah if that's what you mean by wet digits then yes <laughs> it's so funny that question because it feels like he went for did you get many digits in la or did you get your uh, wet but he's managed to mash them together into like, did you get the digits wet? <laughs> Which is Brilliant so funny. I'm sure we'll find out what it means in due course. I think we'll end it with this question, which I think is quite good. And um, plans for any stand-up gigs in 2021, 2022, whenever Arlene lets us out the door, plans for Dirt Civil? What's uh, in the pipeline? Well, this well, dirt several ways. Move to London, uh, get the podcast on video, um, just sort of like, yeah, basically just like try and keep it where it's like we're just we have the podcast in the location, and we're just like sort of progressing in our respective fields, and for stand up, yeah, essentially just get into the London circuit and hopefully at some stage 
be like uh grab the kind of spotlight and just like shine it and be like look at all the shit that's happening over here what the fuck are you doing listening to the same guy tell material about being on the tube there's guys out here that are killing it so yeah that would be my thing i i it's, it's going to be very interesting i think this year and the next couple of years for everyone that's doing stand-up in general and yeah i'm just i just love it so i don't you know i don't really focus too much on end goals at the minute i'm just like keep enjoying it keep making stuff and yeah happy days i think we'll end up on that back home (laughs) boys it's been a pleasure yeah thanks very much for coming thanks for coming on absolutely appreciate it and good luck with everything in the future